Welcome, everybody. Happy Friday uh, to all of you out there. This is uh, is is not Jason Witten. Where is it? Where is it? It's not it's over there. It's down there. Uh, this is Andy Fenton here, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom on a Friday. Hope you are all doing well. Jason is out there rock climbing at the moment and hopefully will be dialing in to join us uh, throughout tonight's episode. But in the meantime, uh, please give us a shout out if you're there. We'd love to uh, have a chat with you. Might even uh, uh, answer some questions. As a matter of fact, that's what it's going to be about tonight is to answer as many questions as we possibly can uh, while we wait to the J-Man to come on board. Uh, but while everyone's coming on board, please let us know that you're here. Whack your name in the chat box. Let us know whereabouts you're dialing in from tonight. And uh, say a holler to Jason, who is doing a live stream from uh, rock climbing, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, shortly. Hey, James, how are you doing? Good to see you. And uh, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight. So those of you who have had a whole lot of questions, Charlene, good to see you. Or Sharon, sorry. Uh, good to see you on the call. I uh, hope you're all well. While everyone's dialing on, just a, a bit of an introduction. Uh, it's uh, Andy Fenton here. Jason is going to be dialing in shortly, hopefully. Uh, and this is Wealth, Wine and Wisdom for uh, our Friday night, our typical catch-up for a debrief on the week that's been and potentially what's happening. This came from uh, a little bit over a year ago now when COVID started to strike our community here in Australia and Jason and I used to get together to debrief what was going on in the world because there's been so much happening and we're almost back in that same spot again with the amount of information, uh, with the amount of things that are happening in the market. So what we do is we spend the time on Friday to have uh, a little bit of a wine, a little bit of a fry-yay debrief. Uh, for those of us in lockdown, we get a little bit of a chance to connect and, uh, and Jason and I answer as many questions as we can and also cover off on a few things that have been happening in and around the world of wealth, finance, property investing, and help small to medium business owners out there. So good to see all of you coming on board. It's great to see you, Andrew, Bob, great to see you, James. Wow, there's a, there's a number of you coming on board. So it's been a couple of weeks since uh, since I've been here and Jason's been holding up the end uh uh, appropriately and, and thanks to Jace for doing that while I uh, while had a few other things to, to take care of but it is great to be back with all of you and, and really looking forward to Jason actually jumping on board. So uh, guys usually we have a little bit of a, a format for the session tonight. We usually talk a little bit about what's in the news and uh, talk about what you should know and there's been a huge amount in the world of property investing in, in investing and also around the grounds. Uh, so what I'd love for you guys to do right now, and I know that we've had a few questions shot to us before the show, but love for you to spend the time, put some of your burning questions into the comments field below and whatever channel you're dialing in from, and uh, we'll endeavor to answer all of those. And uh, I'll just jump off here. Jump Mike, hopefully this is a little bit better for you. And uh, just let me know if you cannot hear me and, uh, and we'll start to crack into things. So just while we're coming on board, Aaron, great to see you, mate. Happy Friday. James, mate, good to, uh, good to see you on board. And uh, Bob and the rest of the gang. Listening in from Hobart, uh, mate, I hope things are, are all well down in, uh, down in Hobart. Haven't heard too much from, uh, from down there recently, so hope you're all keeping well. 
And we've already got a few questions that are coming through. So, uh, Jason, if you're out there, mate, dial in. We'll look forward to catching up with you. As I said, Jason is on site. Uh, he's experimenting doing a little bit of a live rock climbing. For those of you who didn't know, Jason is an avid rock climber. And uh, he's out there breaking the boundaries of technology and introducing rock climbing to the world. And uh, hopefully he'll be uh, dialing in shortly to join us. So let me just get my run sheet up for today and we'll tackle a little bit of what's in the news. Crystal clear. Alison, thank you very much. Hopefully all of the information tonight is crystal clear as well. Uh, we can only hope. And, uh, and Bob, I'm 20% down. Uh, is that on investments, mate, or just on volume? Interesting to know. Uh, hopefully it hasn't fallen off the rock, Bob. Well, it's good to see that there's some, there's some goodwill coming your way, Jace, wherever you are. So, guys, let's uh, let's just jump into uh, what's in the news because uh, while we're waiting for Jace to, to join us, there's been a little bit going on, uh, a little bit that I've thought has been reasonably comical as well. So, uh, in usual fashion, uh, quoting the old Yogi Berra, good fan uh, from back in the day, uh, a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. And some of the things that I've got to chat with you about tonight is inflation and uh, there's a lot of bs going around about inflation there's a lot of scare tactic jason and i've been talking about it for quite some time and uh, wanted to share some insights in regards to what's actually happening in the world of inflation what does that mean for you as investors uh, how can you take advantage of the various different inflation effects and potentially what to look for within your industry. So if you've got any questions that relate to that, that's uh, going to be pertinent to what we're going to go through tonight. And uh, we will absolutely answer those questions. Sharon, I can see you've shot a question through already. So please, guys, flick them through. Keep the questions coming in uh, thick and fast, and we'll do our best to answer them. Uh, as I said, Jace on secondment at the moment. And... Uh, I'm really missing him tonight because I saw in the news there's a little bit of moving and shaking going on and the former Macquarie boss, uh, for those of you who don't know Macquarie Bank, uh, big investment bank come one of the big banks in Australia. Uh, many of you probably have home loans with them and many of you probably had investments with them in the past. And quite often, Jason and I have talked about regulation out in the market and uh, this is a really interesting one. Because we've, we've talked about regulation thrown in from APRA, uh, regulating the banking and the borrowing sector, and we've talked about some of the over-regulation, the impact that that's had for you as property investors, investors, and of course, business owners. This was a, a really interesting one uh, that Nicholas Moore has been appointed uh, by the Treasurer uh, and effectively is coming in to review what's actually going on with uh, with. ASIC. So for those of you who don't know who ASIC is, uh, ASIC is one of the corporate watchdogs around the industry. Uh, ASIC is uh, is basically going to be reviewed. Mr. Moore is coming on uh, on behalf of the Treasurer. It's one of the, the confidence, including uh, advising the government last few years, managing Virgin Airlines, the restructuring due to COVID. He's one of the country's most experienced business figures and uh, led Macquarie uh, for over a decade until November 2018. So uh, they're actually bringing in uh, a third-party consultant, one of the bigwigs from the investment banking sector, uh, in order to have a look at ASIC's corporate governance. Uh, it's an interesting. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. This is one to watch, people, because 
it'll either go one of two ways. It'll either go uh, more corporatized, and uh, in in our opinion, and certainly if Jace was here, I'm sure that he would uh, uh, he would concur with the fact that we need more regulation that is uh well sorry we need less regulation but more poignant regulation rather than knee-jerk regulation and somebody who's been running one of the top tier investment banks in australia actually jumping on board with to review the operations of one of the regulators could actually be an extraordinarily good thing to actually loosen up some of the regulation that exists within financial services and we're talking about lending we're talking about financial advice we're talking about investing uh, so this will actually have an impact. So this is one that you should be watching in the news. We don't know how it's actually going to come about at the moment, but having a, a third party like Nicholas coming in, having a look at how the regulator is regulating uh, is going to be very, very interesting going forward. Whether it becomes more corporate, of which you know we would endorse, we'd love to see that uh, it, there's a little bit less regulation, but a little bit more free market that's coming out in Australia because we, we all know that we've got far too many laws that uh, that we're currently having to adhere to, but uh, but fingers crossed. Watch this space. It's going to take over twelve months for this to come about, but I think you're going to see some really interesting points as this comes through. And hopefully, with any with uh, with any benefit, a bit of common sense coming into the regulation space. So definitely one to watch. What have we got here? Let me have a look at this. Bob down twenty percent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're back in the hydrogen money lit back up. So uh, Bob's talking about investing. So guys, keep shouting out where you're coming in from and uh, any questions that you've got. Tanya, good to see you coming in from Tullamarine in Melbourne. Uh, and yes, it was on Rebecca Miller's uh, coaching call last week. It's good to see you on board. Uh, sorry, you're missing Jason at the moment, but hopefully he'll be dialing in very, very shortly. So uh, good to have you on board. This is one that uh, I thought was interesting and many of the business owners out there will probably find this slightly amusing. There's, there's an undertone to this that we'll actually explore in a little bit of detail. Uh, but keep your eye on this space. And this comes into what we're going to talk about in a moment about what you need to know about inflation. Uh, but some interesting articles that are starting to come about uh, from uh, – the future and what the jobs market looks like in the future. One of the things that we know is a healthy economy has a low employment rate. Uh, a growing economy has a low employment rate. And this sort of flies in the face of it because there are a few different headwinds that are in the employment economy at the moment. And this article is a really interesting one to, to look at. One of the reasons it grabbed my attention is because it said, why accountants will have to become security analysts in the future. And uh, one of the, the reasons why I had a little bit of a chuckle about that is that uh, there's, there's some great accountants that are certainly in the modern era and using zero and, uh, and well and truly onto the, uh, oh, it looks like we've got Jace coming in now. Uh, look at this and maybe what I'll do is I'll just bring him in. Uh, let me pull out of this screen mode. Ladies and gentlemen, coming in from, uh, from rock climbing, I think we've got Mr. Witten here. Let me see if I can bring him into the house. Hello, hello. Nice. Mate, <laughs> I, I feel bad of, of bringing in a wine into what looks like a, a fairly physical kind of uh, area that you're out there, mate. So talk me through it. Whereabouts are you? What are you up to? Well, uh, I, I'm here with uh, my good mate, Marty. And um, this weekend, folks, um, doing a little bit of volunteering for one of the 
one of my uh, my hobbies, my passions. Um, uh, I love a lot of uh, climbing and bouldering. There's Marty there. Look, he's uh, he's on the camera. But um, uh, we have the Youth Bouldering Championships this weekend, and myself and Marty have volunteered to um, to uh, jump on over in the world of uh, the world of. Uh, let me see if I can turn it around for you. Oh, here we go. The front camera done. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, I was going to try and turn it around, but it didn't work. But um, I'll show you guys maybe, around. Maybe if just you spin around the, yourself there, mate. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you can see, a bit of the climbing in the background. Um, Marty's there out filming for us, and um, the, the kids are out um, practicing. Uh, all the team uh, are out behind me here. If you have a look at the climbing uh, gym, it's got uh, all of the climbing walls getting ready for the competition on Saturday and Sunday. So... Um, yeah, myself and Marty, uh, we're volunteering to live stream and commentate and uh, and uh, do a bit of a live television show for the Queensland Youth Bouldering Championships. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, we thought it was going to take a little less time to set up and I was going to be in there for the <laughs> Wealth, Wine and Wisdom team, but uh, it didn't work out this afternoon. But uh, I was, it was good that I could, I could jump on and say good day anyway. Um, hopefully all of you guys are well and we'll get back around to the uh, the market analysis and I'm sure you've been entertaining everyone anyway, Andy. Mate, I was, I was jumping into a bit of dry what's in the news, mate, but uh, but without you being able to banter a little bit off me, I, I was feeling a little <laughs> bit I was feeling a little bit lonely. We we just gone through chatting about uh, the the fact that, and you'll love this, mate, and uh, and I'm glad that you're there because as I was going through it, I thought. Sharing this without you just doesn't have the same impact, mate. But uh, I read <laughs> read in the Financial Review, I'd love your thoughts on this, uh, Nicholas Moore, uh, who was uh, the head of Macquarie Bank uh, for mm-hmm. about 10 years, about a decade until 2000 and, uh, uh, 2018, has now been uh, basically brought on by the Treasurer uh, to review ASIC. So... <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I, listen, I, I personally feel that they are, uh, a, you know, a law under their own. I've seen them bully and, and cajole, you know, thousands of good financial planners, brokers, real estate agents, good people who are just trying to do the right thing. Um, you know, we all make mistakes in, in this world because the rules are so bloody complicated, Andy, as you would know. You know, um, you've got to get a lawyer and then a barrister and then another lawyer and then someone else to have a guess at interpreting the law. Um, but yeah, I, that sounds great because um, they're actually meant to do a proper good job of things, uh, and I personally don't think that they have been. Um, they let the banks get away with it. Yes, they got fines, but uh, you know. Anyway, I don't want to speak out too loudly. They, maybe they'll come around and get up, <laughs> get into me. <laughs> but I, I thought it's 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 ingenious for one of two reasons because you you've got uh, an institution that is is arguably one of the great chameleons of the finance industry and probably <laughs> allegedly pushed, pushed more boundaries than any other large institution in that yes. space. So it could go one of two ways, couldn't it? You, you're either going to have them come in and share their secrets and then, holy shit, look out, we won't be able to squeeze a fart out without uh, having, having the regulator knock on our door or it might breed some common sense into into the market, which will create more of a free market and ultimately, uh, you know, better trade and investing for all of us. So, uh, well, 
it's an election year as well. So assuming Freidenberg is uh, is still there in uh, in twelve months' time uh, when yeah. all this finishes, it's a, it could be a good sign, could be a bad sign. Yeah, you never know with this stuff, Andy. It could be grandstanding, or it could be something that uh, is actually useful. So uh, um, it's probably one of those famous wait and sees, isn't it? Really. And uh, and I think, but definitely one to keep the eye on. I reckon it'll it'll just slowly evolve over time. But should it get to the full twelve months uh, race and it's still relevant, then it, I think the impact will be quite significant. And uh, let's keep yeah. our fingers crossed that uh, you know it frees up a little bit for all of us because less regulation generally is a better thing for everybody. Yeah, and and what happens, Andy? You and I've seen this. Um, you know, the regulation actually forces boutique small good operators out of the industries um and what happens is just big monopolies the big institutions end up you know with big bad habits because they can afford to pay for the compliance which is onerous and and useless and also pay for the fines that are inevitable because the the legislation is so you know so over you know over zealous and um you and I have spoken about this many times where really good quality small, you know, and small to medium businesses in our, our space, you know, five to 15 people in a boutique financial planning institution or um, a boutique uh, finance company or a wealth creation business, you know, they can be put out of business overnight because they have to, you know, pay for literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in compliance and and other things which you know the big boys can afford and the smaller ones they, they can't so um yeah I, I think it'd be great it'd be nice for all of those good quality operators to get a bit of a break because they've been absolutely beaten for quite a while and i i just think it's not okay so hopefully it's the latter andy not the former um well, <laughs> hopefully because you and i both know that uh, that it tends to be the a lot of the smaller operations, there are some, you know, examples of larger operations that do do things and uh, in a non-sausage factory type of approach. But quite often it is the smaller operators that are quite dynamic because they are small, they can be dynamic and they can actually potentially provide a lot more value to uh, to clients, investors and, uh, and, and the community at whole. 100%, yeah. A bit more bespoke, a bit more time with the clients, a bit more care. You know, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good thing if it uh, if it was the latter, Andy, for sure, mate. Well, mate, it's interesting. I'll see if I can get this up for you because I'm not sure if you can actually see this. I'll I'll try and just put it full screen. Put it full screen for you. Give me two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll love this one too, mate. This was uh, this made me chuckle. Uh, let's let's be careful not to throw anybody under the bus. But, uh, mate, I was reading, reading about this. You may or may not have seen it. It's on a job report data, uh, and it said why accountants uh, will become cybersecurity analysts. And I, I thought, <laughs> mate, the, the last 10 accounting firms I've gone into had more filing cabinets than I've ever seen before in my entire life, and none of them were on a hard drive. And becoming uh, <laughs> a cybersecurity analyst, I thought that's, that's a bit rich. But it was talking about uh, about the jobs that are not going to be here in the next decade, decade and a half. Mm. Yeah. Uh, talking yeah. about how accounting as, as a broader industry is actually going to just become about number crunching and is going to be policed by AI and cyber robots rather than physical people. Uh, and you, you and I have called them probably the police officers 
of the uh, uh, police officers for the ATO. But, uh, mate, that's a, it's almost scary to see that it's starting to evolve in that way because at, at the moment we at least have them to be able to defend and be able to, you know, allow us to go into, you know, minimising tax wherever we possibly can. But if it becomes algorithmic, it becomes a bit of a scary world, doesn't it? Well, mate, you and I have talked about this and it, it, it drives me, to try, it shits me, this idea of what your intention was, right? How the hell can anyone know what my fucking intention is, right? Um, I know my intention and, and it's bullshit. How can they write law around that? I just fucking don't, I don't understand. Maybe one day I would like to get an explanation from someone who's legal that's not a, not a wanker, um, just someone trying to explain it to me. It's because, a short list. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a short list. <laughs> So, you know, but that really points, Andy, to, to us, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, you know, the, um, you know, you have to get the plan in place now. If that's going to be, you know, if it's going to be watching like a hawk, you know, algorithmic AI, mate, you've got you to record, capture, you know, monitor, you know, plan it out years in advance, decades in advance. And, and that really will play into, I reckon, the people who are smart, who listen to you and me and, and, and many other good advisors, like this thing's got to be done with intention, with the future in mind and start planning when you, whenever you pay attention to this, get the roadmap out there. And, um, you know, that'll, that'll be, that'll work for people, um, you know, um, but if you don't, then that's going to be a problem. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My- my my feel is with uh, with everything that's going on, they're getting some branding up behind you, Jason, just to uh, to fly the flag. Yeah, uh, getting no, the branding team up. Are, the team are doing it. And let's just give Pinnacle Sports a shout out, um, team, and then uh, the team from Core Boulder, bouldering down here. Uh, there they are, all all handsome chaps. Um, they're they're doing the do here. So yeah, no, they're they're putting some branding up, and uh, I'll send them the bill later on next week for um, a bit of the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, sensational. Uh, well, but yeah. uh, mate, the, my take on it was, and the reason why I wanted to single it out is, is, and this is one of those calls that I reckon it's going to be a five-year call or a five or ten-year call, because uh, call me a little bit cynical, but down down in the southern states, mate, we're, we've got some pretty scary stuff going on about uh, vaccination passports and things like that. And when I say scary, I, I talk about it from the perspective of it's a human. The rights that we have have, uh, seem to be diminishing a little bit. Uh, And whether whether you're in favour or or not in favour, that's not my contention and not what I want to talk about. What I do want to talk about is how fast the regulation is going to come on your passport. And what that is, is it's another government-regulated app where you click into something and it takes your data. And if they're targeting these areas of accounting and tax... Well, that, then that means it's another click and send so the AI bots can get to it. So my sort of call on this is we've probably got maybe five to ten years of good, free, more old-fashioned type of investing where we can be more creative, where we can be more entrepreneurial, where we can, you know, you know push the boundaries, not in, a, in an illegal way but in a perfectly legal way, but we can push them well. Because as soon as these bots come in, uh, mate, they're, they're, they're literally going to be bloodhounds uh, that, that never sleep, never stop, and uh, are on the lookout. And then they will, nat- they will sort policy as, uh, as it goes because they will find the loophole. 
quickly. And to be honest, Andy, and, and to be honest, then playing the devil's advocate on this one, uh, if it's just, if we know what the rules are, then we can play the rules, right? Um, as in, that's, but the point is for you and me, that keeps changing a gazillion times a year, you know, um, politicians and policies. You know, I would just love it if they just said, here's how it works, there's the box, play in it, right? Because then you and I would maximise the box. You and I would maximise the outcome. That's what we do. We find the bestest, shortest, fastest, most efficient way to get there, um, the safest way. That's what that's what good, clever people do, um, you know. Maybe that gives us an opportunity to go, all right, well, they're not going to change the rules 75 friggin' times in the next 10 years. Great. Um, that, that gives us – now we've got the plan and all we've got to do is stay on track with the bloody plan, you know what I mean? So maybe on the flip side it might work out, Andy. But, you know, today I'm being the optimist. Um, you know, the other week you were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, uh, we, we have been locked down. The hair, actually, the hair doesn't look too bad today because uh, I don't know, it was a freak morning, but it's getting pretty scruffy down here, mate. I'm not going to lie. The, uh, the, 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 the personal grooming, it's, I'm getting the buff head back and it's getting a bit more grey down here. So the, the cynicism comes with it. Yeah, it does, mate. Mine's gone a little bit long, and, and if I let it go too long, the grey comes in, so I'm due for a haircut too anyway. I don't think anyone wants to hear about us talk about haircuts, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, uh, uh, what, one of the things that uh, you, you might find interesting, and I'll, I'll bring it back up on the, the big screen, is uh, is uh, some inflation data. Oh, hang on. Let me uh, bring that across. Flip it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been doing some uh, some research on the inflation figures because everybody had been talking about how inflation is going to be spiking and how you know it's going to be the thing that blows everybody up and uh, and so there's a whole lot of the fear mongering going on in and around inflation and I found a, a few interesting slides and I thought you you'd love this because if we look back in time and we go, okay uh, I just love this from Bob mate is uh, is saying bring back the mullet. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether Bob's talking to, to you or me, but, uh, but uh, pretty... we, we've we've both sported a mullet once or twice in our life, Andy. That's for sure, oh, <laughs> and probably mate. Bob has too. <laughs> but uh, so, if we look back, and we always say that you know history doesn't repeat itself, but it's an incredible mimic. When we look back and we go, well, what was the the, the great levels of inflation? What caused it? And what were the signals that uh, that brought inflation uh, to the foreground, you know, and really ignited the problem? And uh, this is a great little graph because we've only got two here. We've got uh, – so if we have a look at the great inflationary period of 1956 to 1982, uh, which you might remember a little bit better than me, Jace, but I <laughs> – Probably only mildly uh, because I think I was uh, – by the end of it, I was, uh, I was three – and uh, yeah, yeah eighty-two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when we have a look at it to to go, okay, based on history, how many of the boxes is it ticking? Well, high labour force unionisation tick back then. Today, absolutely not. It's not. It's actually the lowest it's been in about thirty years. Even though yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. talk about the unions and things like that, but the unionisation very, very low. Uh, Household, household formation and demographics, well, yes, that was a tick back then. Today, absolutely not. Like It's not even on the radar at the moment, uh, even though there is land shortages, 
so on and so forth. It's it's not even an issue. The, the two things, the two boxes that are ticked is the easing of monetary policy, so more money getting printed and low interest rates, the easing of fiscal policy, and for those of you, the fiscal policy is government policy and the, and the easing of taxes, the easing uh, of you know the, the funds that we have to give them. So one is monetary policy is them putting money into the, into the world. Uh, fiscal policy is the, the relaxing of them taking money back out by way of taxes and things of that nature. But then when we look at the others that sit in there, we go commodity price uh, shocks. Well, no, that, that, that was around in the, the great inflationary period, not at the moment. Low to modest uh, economic uh, debt levels it was massive back in, the, back in the, the great inflationary period. It's not, not around at the moment. And strong wage growth, which is the one that you and I have been rabbiting on about the most, yeah. is, it's just not there. And uh, when we have a look at this, uh, the consumer price index for, for the US over time, you can actually see that, that, that those two big spikes over there, the twin peaks as we call them, uh, those are, we're a long way off from that. And yes, inflation has shot up over the short term, but at the moment, these are the interesting spikes and these are the ones that you'll love, Jace. This, this one, and again, the reason why we use US statistics is because they've got the most amount of data but you have a look at the, the green line here. What do you reckon the green line is here? The blue line is average inflation in the US. And the green line is a specific, a specific, and Jace, I know it's like the chances of you getting this is slim to none. But you and I have talked about it. You and I have talked about how we could possibly turn over some quick bucks by monopolizing this uh, phenomena that we've never, ever seen, not in investment markets, just never, ever seen recently. And it, and it tends to travel around quickly and it's a sh- massive shortage of? Uh, Labour, timber, um, silicon, bloody hell. No, you've just, you've just named the other three graphs that I've got. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, this, is, this is the second-hand cars and trucks. Oh, second-hand yes. cars and trucks. Um, have no. just gone berserk. Look at in the States, and I know in Australia the figures are actually And it's happening in Australia as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 22%, 23% price increase. Price increase. Now, this is real data. This is actual real data. Uh, it's not just you and I talking about what we've seen out here by, you know, offers on our cars and, and trying to buy cars and all that sort of stuff. 22%, and this was now a few months old in April, 22% gone off its nana. So when we think that that rise of inflation back there that we saw in the previous graph has got this bizarre, bizarre phenomenon. What about this one, mate? You've already, you've already had a look at it, but what in your world has sparked off like this that is contributing to the cost increase? of? Uh, of yeah, well, the, co- the cost of timber, the cost of um, construction goods in Australia has gone crazy, um, mate, you know, this- up a long way. This is lumber in the US. Lumber, yep, yep, yep. Consumer price, it is absolutely gone berserk. So the left-hand side of that graph is back to 2008, right? So 2008, it's been a ginormous increase uh, in the cost of construction over in the US. And you you and I were talking about it about three months ago uh, Mm. or even even further and we were talking about the price increases back then it was 30 percent and it's continued to go up 
mate. Uh, and uh, this one's the final one. This is the New Zealand house price index. And I thought I'd save this one to you, mate, because you can probably <laughs> to this one a little bit better than I am. And I reckon you'd have yeah. a few happy campers over in New Zealand at the moment. Well, I mean, if you can see, Andy, like it's like everything's turned to gold. I mean, really, since um, 2016, 17, it's just been a long upward um, trend for the New Zealanders. And it's, uh, you know, they're all living, living on a high. Right now, the New Zealand government is trying everything it can to claw this back. They've changed uh, loan to value ratios for secondhand property for investors are now at 60%. So you have to put 40% in for investors. Owner occupiers, clubs are off. Um, you know, go for it. You, you, you can still get a ninety percent loan as an owner occupier over there if you if you've got good um, good income. Um, so again, that now uh, only just a few days ago they announced more policies of tightening the servicing in New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand, but the challenge is New Zealand is is just absolutely useless at providing enough property to its marketplace, um, and it has been for over a decade. Uh, since the GFC, basically, um, so it's probably over a decade now. Maybe it's it's pushing on sort of twelve odd years now since the GFC, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, it the GFC wiped out a lot of New Zealanders' good developers, and it languished for seven, eight, nine years. Um, and uh, it, um, yeah, it's struggling. And 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 really, unless it has a, a a lot of money invested in that sector, Andy, over New Zealand, it's not going to um, it's not going to get back. So yeah, holy shit, exactly, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's uh, it's the reason why I bring these to the to the table is because we're seeing these these reports about inflation's running hot, so interest rates need to go up. But these are anomalous types of events at the moment. But I, I thought you'd like this one, mate, because you've got a, a, a couple of kids that are going to slowly get, get into this territory in the not-too-distant future. Uh, what age group do you reckon is leading the way in spending at the moment? Oh, mate, I reckon it would be the, the like the 15-year-olds, the 22-year-olds or something. Are they, are they out there just spending like demons? Mate, they are, yeah, they are leading the way. By factors of millions, uh, well, and just think, just think about it because what we've got in the the graph on the right is we've got fifty six to sixty four, uh, we've got forty five to uh, fifty four, and the reason why you don't need to know is because they're all pretty similar, right? But you would think that the twenty five to thirty five, twenty five to thirty four year olds wouldn't be anywhere near it, would you? You'd think, no way in yeah. hell are they going to catch us because what are they spending yeah. their money on? They're not spending their money on you know kids and houses and stuff like that. Like they they have oh, actually mate. overtaken all of us. The 25 to 34-year-olds are now spending more than all of the rest of us. They've, they've overtaken us, they've outshot us, and they're absolutely crushing it. Well, Andy, the other day uh, I, did a little, uh, I, I did a little moment, um, a little thing on um, my little morning, morning coffee chats. I'm just going to find myself a, uh, a cord to plug in for my charge, my phone team, but um, just in case I go flat. But... Um, Australia's household saving, $20 billion this year alone, $25 billion added in July alone. Andy, there's a, there's a demographic, there's an Australian demographic that's they're squirreling money away, saving for a rainy day, and then there's, you know, then there's the others, you know, who are like, yoo-hoo, we've got all this money, all this money got, came back to us um, in grants and other bits and pieces throughout um, 
throughout the COVID payments and relief uh, and people are spending. And, and I would expect, where, where are those graphs from, Australia, India, America or... Uh, this is all US. This is all US, all US data at the moment, yeah. and yeah. what we're seeing is is pretty much bang on. Jace is that from two thousand to to two thousand and ten, two thousand and fifteen, your yours and yeah. my demographic uh, have been saving money or, or decreasing our spending rate quite significantly. Uh, yeah. The forty five to fifty fours they took a little bit longer to get on board, and they, that but they've been decreasing. But who? The, but the young ones have been accelerating at a rapid rate of knots. Mate, uh, yeah, well, and I don't know, Andy. Like, maybe, maybe they're like, "Oh, this is the first time we've had a free bunch of money. Let's just get on it." Or, or they're like, oh, they, they don't really think that uh, it's worth maybe planning for the future. Don't worry about it. I, it's an interesting one, isn't it? When it comes to that stuff, um, you just, you're not. I'm not really quite sure what's going through their mind or not going through their mind. Um, oh. I, in my head, I was thinking, well, this is probably the first time, you know, uh, a lot of people. You and I've talked about this. You know, a lot of young people have ever had, you know, a reality check when it comes to the world of uh, money and job security and stuff, right? Like this is kind of, you know, the first time ever people have had a, had to have a good look at themselves and go, shit, you know, I was two weeks away from being on the street, you know. Lucky the government did step in. Do you, you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know. I, I'm yeah. finding that quite interesting, actually. That uh, there's a lot of spending, you know, in in that demographic. But uh, maybe they just, maybe they're just a little bit less. Maybe COVID's not even like what's happened when people went through wars or, or uh, depressions or something, Andy. You know. Well, mate, it's it's interesting you say that because that's actually my takeaway from it. And uh, just I get it. I know not Bob. I wanted to put Christina's comment back up there. She's gone. Where the bloody hell are they getting their dosh from? Uh, and uh, I, I think I think it's the government uh-huh. and mum and dad, uh, yeah, or as yeah. they say, Uncle Sam over over in the US. But but uh, post World Wars, right? So and you and I have spoken about this a bit. Is that the only time in history that we can look at where supply chains have been as disrupted as what they are here? The only time in history is the Great World War, or not the Great, but World War Two, and. Uh, what ended up happening after that was a lot of procreation. There were a lot of rabbits around, uh, which is a pretty natural celebration, which, which created a, a population boom. But there's also when people are freed, they go out and they spend money and they spend money yeah. on mass. And, and there's quite possibly a bit of a paradigm based on this whole COVID situation where people are going, you know what, live for today, uh, don't live for tomorrow. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that, that could be true, mate. Yeah, yeah. Because and, who and, knows and what tomorrow is going to bring? Well, and that that was a bit of a theme, anyway, Andy. You know, really, you know, you and I chat with a lot of young people, and they were investing in um, experiences, right? You know, money was being invested in experiences, not houses, for the, that millennial person. Um, you know, so that that's that's quite an interesting one as as you, as you go. So, mate, I might I might have to chop off um, sometime soon. Um, I've got to finish off here, um, but uh, well, mate, but give us give us awesome one more, too. give us one more look around, and give us one more uh, plug of, of what's going on, and uh, and the the YouTube channel that we can tune into in order to see what you and the gang are up to over the weekend. Yeah, mate. Uh, all right, we'll make a full screen there, Andy, and I'll I'll, I'll do the quick uh, quick ticky tour for everybody. Um, so uh, we've got Marty in the background. Have a look at that, folks. You can see the uh, the tech. 
And um, we've got, if you, if you see over there, it says Core Bouldering. That's the Core Bouldering team. And um, you, can log, you can log in if you're interested in seeing what it looks like. Core Bouldering on YouTube. And uh, you'll see it all live streaming um, over the weekend. So um, uh, if you, if you, if you catch us, you'll see Ian there. <laughs> uh, hey, jump up. So, yeah. just, just, just run us over to that. There's a little part. Yeah, uh, can, you, can you get up against the wall? Are you allowed out there? Hey, I, hey, yeah, I, I, can, I can move around. No Did problem. you want a coffee? Um, oh, I'm good. Just some water would be great. Yeah. Water? Yeah, thanks. But, uh, th there's a section there that looks to be upside down. Like it looks to have like yeah, yeah that's 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 upside down. You get Holy smokes! Down. <laughs> so you're telling me that there are people who are clawing to the wall like a fly? Yeah. And, if uh, you look, and if you look over here, <laughs> check check it out. Um, if you have a little bit of a look in here, um, there you go. It's upside down. Someone's going to have a go. Oh, there he goes. He's going to climb up there. Someone's getting in there. <laughs> But, uh, so these guys are yeah. almost upside down. So they're climbing on things that are, 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 are more than vertical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's outrageous. Outrageous. So Core Bouldering uh, and cool. YouTube is the best place to find you. Core Bouldering YouTube, uh, that'll be the one. And if, uh, if you're interested, gang, youth bouldering titles, me and the team are uh, donating a bit of time and our expertise and our technology to make... Uh, a pretty cool uh, television show for the weekend. Mate, time well spent. Good to see you, brother. Have a good weekend. Hey, thanks, Andy, and good to see everyone online. Cheers, gang. See you, mate. Bye-bye. What a treat. So for those of you uh, who are clean, uh, are enthusiasts of the, uh, of the rock climbing or even if you just want to get into it or maybe just want to have a look at Jason uh, and the gang, climbing around and, and doing their thing, maybe a few thrills and spills over the course of the weekend, who knows, uh, tune in to Core Bouldering, uh, C-O-R-E, Bouldering, and, uh, and check out the YouTube channel and, uh, and support the gang, guys. So, uh, so tune in. So, look, I, I might start to wrap up the, the, the inflation side of the equation, but if anybody's got any questions, now whack them in the, uh, whack them in the chat box at the, whatever social media channel you're looking at. We'll finish up the great inflation debate and, uh, and then I'll address any questions that are out there and, uh, and see if we can have a little bit of a chat. So uh, whack the questions into the box and, uh, and we'll just keep on cruising through. So you'll remember that uh, just to recap, we were talking about the great inflation markers uh, that happened in the great inflation period of, of 90, uh, 1965 through to 82, and that we've only really triggered off on a couple of these things at the moment. And the reason why this is so important for investing is because inflation is the average price of things increasing. And at the moment, we're really only got two of the big factors, right, that are being ticked um, in comparison to, to way back in the, the, the inflationary times uh, of, well, the beginning of my life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and this is one of the key, 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 key things that uh, that everybody really needs to be aware of when it comes to inflation, and we've talked about it a lot. We've got some great data on it uh, here, but the the European Central Bank have come out. They have said that they will let inflation go above target, below target, 
uh, before adjusting monetary policy. What they're really focused on is the employment rate, number one, the employment rate. So they want to see more people employed in the world, in Australia, uh, or each country are wanting, and this is almost universal, they're wanting to see more people employed, and then once they're employed, they want to see more wage growth. And here's the scary thing. So this is a this is Australian Employment Cost Index now. So this isn't US data. This is now uh, Australian data. So this is the wage growth, right, um, in Australia currently. And when I say wage growth, it's actually negative. So it's not wage growth. It's actually wage growth plus bonuses in Australia have actually come down. Now, there's a little bit of a tick there uh, at the moment uh, based on the data that we're looking at. But at the moment, we're well below average. And we want to be seeing wage growth in and around that inflationary figure. We want to see wages going up by inflation or more. And of course, inflation has spiked a little bit. So it's it's not probable that that's going to happen anytime soon because more people employed means more businesses out there being mobilized, more money transferring around the economy. And as we talk about money wants to move around the economy. And for those of you who are in Sydney or in Melbourne, you can understand some of the pressures that it can potentially keep this reasonably low, right? Reasonably low for a period of time. For those of you who are in WA and Queensland, especially if you're in WA, it's actually a different story over there. There's some different metrics. Uh, the only state, I think, in Australia that's running a surplus at the moment, largely commodity-based and the fact that they built a wall uh, along their borders. Uh, I say that in jest. Uh, but here's one of the things. So if you are worried about inflation, one of the things that you need to be... So why would you be worried about inflation? Great question. Uh the reason why you might be worried about inflation is when inflation kicks off, generally they will raise interest rates. And what the banks are saying at the moment is they're not looking at doing that. And why would you be worried about interest rates rising? Well, if you're a property investor, that means it's going to cost more for your property and that the property prices may come down a little bit or it just taper off if the cost of acquiring that property goes up because interest rates go up. Why would you be worried if you're an investor in, uh, in equities or in your superannuation funds? Is because uh, as businesses, if the cost of borrowing money increases, then the cost that you go to borrow money to expand your business, that cost actually increases. It decelerates the growth of your company or can decelerate the growth of your company and on average tends to, which means to lower equity prices, lower stock prices, lower performance returns. So this is the reason why everybody is, is talking about this right now, but this is the reason why we wanted to show you some numbers around this. Uh, Bob, Bobby's just gone, uh, why don't uh, the government just raise the minimum wage? Uh, well, Bob, they, they kind of tried to and, uh, and they did. Uh, the, the, the challenge is, Mate, small businesses uh, have to flip the bill. And when you've got businesses around Australia that are struggling for because they haven't been able to be open or perhaps uh, – but there are also businesses on the other side, but businesses that haven't been opened, if you lift the minimum wage, then you're increasing the cost of employment on some of the smallest businesses uh, or the small businesses around Australia. And what we know is that the small business sector in Australia is the largest single taxpayer in the country. Uh, at least it was before the pandemic started. So 
this country thrives, the politicians' wages come predominantly from the small to medium business sector, not the big corporates. They pay far less of the tax, and we might talk about that again in the future because it's quite staggering uh, proportionately how little larger companies pay as far as revenue to the government uh, than small to medium businesses. We are small to medium business markets, and you are, as business owners out there, uh, we are the biggest taxpayer in Australia uh, as, as a combined con- uh, as together which is the reason why we need to support small to medium business. So one of the big indicators that we need to be looking for is as we see unemployment decrease or as we see more people employed and the unemployment rate decrease, as we see wage growth start to kick in, these are the signs that the central banks, the reserve banks, the federal reserves of the world are all looking at as signals to then start to raise the cash rate which is the interest rate that they lend money into the economy. And that, quite often, if they raise that rate, quite often it'll flow onto your pockets through rate increases on your business loans, on your mortgages, on your investment loans. And, uh, and that is the effect that everyone is scared of, but everyone's saying it's happening now. But the data is, is a bit, bit off. So look at the real data. Don't look at the bullshit headlines uh, around the news uh, because the opportunity is really... In, in taking the difference between the bullshit propaganda and what is actually really happening. And there can be that little arbitrage opportunity for you. Do your own research. Don't just listen to the headlines. Uh, <laughs> and here's, here's, the other, here's the other thing. So beyond a near-term spike in headline inflation um, owing to the, to the base effect, the RBA continued to project very subdued underlying price pressures. But let's have a look at this this next graph, which is hilarious. So uh, let's have a look at how the economists of the world uh, or of Australia have have projected uh, their expectations on where inflation is going to sit. Uh, so here we've got the uh, the forecast uh, of inflation uh, over time. Uh, sorry, forecast for wages growth over time, uh, as as forecast by the the RBA. So let's see how often they've got it right uh, since 2011. So you can uh, you can see here, gang. Expectations were high. Reality was lower. Expectations was for stabilisation. Reality was lower. Expectations were high. Reality was lower. You can start to see a theme here. So th- these are the the original uh, estimates or uh, the overestimates of where wages growth was going to come to for years. So this is their current estimate that's actually sitting there. And one might say, well, this this might be a little bit of a Hail Mary. One might suggest that perhaps it, it is going to get up there, but it's going to be a slightly different direction over time in order to get there. And, uh, and so these are the things that you need to be looking at. And these are the types of things that you need to know is that these are the forecasts that, that a lot of the data that's coming out is actually based on, and this is the stuff that uh, is then getting publicised. So understand the numbers, understand what they mean, then you can start to make better decisions, more educated decisions around how you choose to invest and at least ask better decisions of people like Jason, people like myself, uh, when it comes to making big investment decisions, whether it be your superannuation, whether it be your uh, your investment property portfolio, whether it be 
uh, your personal investments, whether it be potentially even you know your business and uh, and how you're choosing to deploy cash uh, into the market. So, gang, uh, I'm just going to scoot back through here and see whether there's uh, what questions we've got. I know that that somebody asked a question uh, from, uh, and it was a private question just the other day. Uh, how can I pay less tax? Uh, and uh, the, the answer to that was be smart. No, it was it, it was in regards to cryptocurrency and 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 a, a, a share portfolio or whatever the case might be. Uh, very very simple to 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 the person who asked that question out there. If you've held an asset for more than twelve months. And uh, and you, the growth has been, let's just say that you put in five hundred thousand, and it went to a million, or let's just use fifty thousand, and it went to a hundred thousand. Uh, you've got fifty thousand dollars worth of capital growth. If you've held that investment for longer than uh, than twelve months, and it's held in your own name, then you've got a fifty percent discount on that. So what ends up happening is, if you've made a fifty thousand dollar gain, you use a fifty percent discount, brings that down to. 25000 that gets added to your taxable income for the year. Uh, somebody I was on a call with just the other day uh, or rather on a presentation with, uh, hopefully that makes a bit of sense. You're not going to lose half of it. You've got to cut the gain by 50% if you've held it for longer than a year and then that'll be added to your marginal tax rate. Let me just have a look through the questions. If you've got more as I'm going through here, I'll whack them into the chat box. I'll get to a few of them before we finish up for the night. There's potentially one or two for Jason here. Um, Sharon, I might leave that one for you for next week. I'd love for you to bring that back across to Jace next week uh, if, you're, if you're happy to. Uh, I prefer that he gives you the rundown for it because there's a bit of a story he will tell you. So tune in next week, uh, Sharon, if you're, if you're cool to, and we'll definitely answer that question, repost it in and say, Andy, you promised that Jason would respond to me. Sharon, okay, wonderful. Well, gang, uh, it looks like if there's no other questions that are going to come through today, uh, hopefully you enjoyed Jason coming in. Again, that's Core Bouldering. Core Bouldering, jump on to YouTube, follow Jason, the gang, over the weekend. Thrills and spills, uh, supporting a good cause and great to be out there with the physical activity. Maybe even see Jace uh, climbing some of those vertical or less than vertical inverted inclines out there. But uh, great to see many of you on board. Thanks for the new support for a number of you who are uh, running through presentations that we were doing during the week. Next week, it'll be back to the normal segment with Jason and I in here. Uh, there's a fairly jam-packed agenda because we've actually got a lot of stuff that Jason and I haven't been able to deliver together because uh, I've been indisposed for a couple of weeks up until now. So we really do have a huge amount to get through uh, over the next couple of weeks. So please tune in. Uh, and please, as I say, always make sure that you've got many questions preloaded so that when we come in, we can have more than just a glass of wine. Uh, we can actually answer your questions because ultimately, uh, as most of you know, the reason why Jason and I started Wealth, Wine and Wisdom was uh, in the middle of COVID so we could dissect the legislation that was coming through thick and fast and translate it into easy to understand terms so that you guys can go out there and use that to create an advantage for you out in the community and share it with your friends. And I'd love to make a, a good shout out uh, to a couple of you who, who sent me messages and sent Jace messages through the week uh, and you guys know who you are. Uh, I won't mention you all by name. I didn't get permission to do this. 
But please, gang, understand that when Jason and I jump on here, our our, our intention is to serve, and we've got a couple of uh, clients that, or a couple of listeners, not clients, uh, who reached out recently and said that they'd shared some of the information in regards to the government grants that we distributed out through here. And this is all factual data. This is all legit stuff that you can go and access. Uh, Jason and I quite often share tips, tricks uh, for those business owners out there and for those investors out there of how you can get subsidies, how you can get uh, grants, all of those sorts of things. And they shared the stories about send, uh, sharing the message uh, and sharing the links that we provide you guys uh, with literally tens uh, of businesses out there each. Uh, and all of them had significant impacts on families out there. So our intention is to serve you. So please uh, don't keep us a secret. You know, share the experience and share the messages that we're getting out there. And we, when we do put the links out there, it really is for the benefit of the community. So please make sure that you get into the right hands. For those of you in Victoria and for, uh, for, like me, uh, the Mexican, uh, those of you in Victoria and for those of you in New South Wales, my heart is with you and, and hopefully you're all holding strong. Fingers crossed. Uh, to a brighter week, weeks in front of us. Uh, we know what you're going through. And if there's anything that Jason and I can do to support, absolutely anything, uh, if there's anything on your mind, any way that we can support you or support your friends, please let us know what those questions are so we can research them and make sure that we bring them to you uh, on the Friday evenings with a glass of wine because that's what it's all about. But for now, gang, uh, it has been a pleasure spending a Friday with all of you. Uh, thanks for listening. Please let us know during the week if there's any questions that you'd like us to prepare for. Otherwise, for, night, it, uh, for tonight, it's good night from me. It's good night from Jace. Tune into the bouldering and uh, we'll catch you all next week on Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Have a great weekend. <laughs>